Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download the Free Living Truth app. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 6.10 through 7.7 called Divine Reassurance. Now it came about on the day when the Lord spoke to Moses, 28, in the land of Egypt. We, we have the location, so we're not dealing with the burning bush. This is a new situation. That the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I am the Lord. Those four words there, I am the Lord, are what hearten me. He's God. His name is there, Yahweh. It's Y-H-W-H in the original. And what it means is, I am the all-powerful. I am the eternal God. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I hold everything together. I am the Lord. I'm the one sending you. This is not about your skill set. It's not about your doubts. It's not about your faltering lips. It's about me and my power. I'm the Lord. Speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I speak to you. This would be like having to show up at the White House with a message. This would be about all the doubts that would flood your heart. Can I even get a meeting? And if I, and if I could get a meeting, you want me to say what? <laughs> The whole system that you've set up here, Pharaoh, is over today. And what do I show up with? A staff of a shepherd. Can I have a something different? (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Nope. But Moses said before the Lord, behold, just one more time, (laughs) I am unskilled in speech. How will the Pharaoh listen to me? I think this is the third time he's made this excuse. Ever get tired of your own excuses? Ever hear yourself make the excuse for the upteenth time and go, ah. But I'm sticking to it anyway. (laughs) I'm unskilled in speech, faltering lips. God says, no, you're going all of my questions, all of my concerns, I must remember he is the Lord. And then the Lord said to Moses, we're going to move up to 7-7 in Exodus 7-1 is where we are. Now the Lord, then the Lord said to Moses, see, I make you, okay, you want reassurance, I make you as God, that's the Hebrew word Elohim, to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. Now Moses had to be thinking, In what world do I go as a shepherd before this world leader and he listens to me? God says, well, I'm going to make you something in his eyes. I'm going to make you as God to Pharaoh. Now, in Egyptian religious belief, they believed that the Pharaoh was a divine being. And maybe he himself was convinced of it. And by the way, the Pharaoh sent all of his messages through a spokesman. So rarely did he ever speak directly to someone who approached him. He had a sidekick, a prophet, if you will. He was considered divine, representing like gods like Ra and Horus. And he was supposed to be a manifestation of the deity or deities. And then he had a sidekick prophet who spoke his commands. 
And God said, you know what I'm going to do, Moses? I'm going to make you like God before him. We're going to play his own game. And I'm going to make your brother like your spokesman. And we'll, we're going to have a little battle here. We're going to see whose God is really God. You ready? I'm going to make you as God right before him. Now, does this mean Moses was divine? No, I think we've all figured that out by now. He ain't divine. There's only one God, Galatians 4.8, by nature. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There's no other divine being. But Moses will become an instrument through which God will speak. As though God were pleading through Moses. And whenever you speak on behalf of God, you become a vessel for the living God. I often hear Alistair Begg say, Lord, let the people hear not the voice merely of a man, but your voice. Preachers for the last 2,000 years have stood in the stead of Christ with all their faults and all their shortcomings and said, oh, Lord, Speak through me. You speak to a coworker. you share the gospel. Lord, let them see Christ in me, the hope of glory. Uh, Dr. Martin, Walter Martin, who's since gone home to be with the Lord, tells a story about a situation where there was a, it was a Russian play going on, and I don't remember all the details, but the main actor was uh, witnessing to a Jehovah's Witness who was his, uh, the main actress in the play. And he had been sharing the gospel with her, and she was kind of closed off to it. And in one of the scenes of the play, he begins to sing to her. And it's within the script of the play. And and he could see on her face that she was startled. And she committed her life to Christ after that moment in the backstage. And she said, something happened while you were singing to me. It was no longer you. It was Jesus. It was like you were made into a different man at that moment. That's what we want to experience. We are, we will never be God. (laughs) He's cornered the market on deity. And anybody trying to get there is going to fall woefully short. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the other most parts of the earth, Acts 1.8. Jesus said to the disciples, you're going to be persecuted, and you're going to be brought before kings and governors, and when you are, don't worry about what you're going to say, because the Holy Spirit is going to speak through you exactly what you are to say. That's what God does. That's why we are but jars of clay, but we house a glory that the world doesn't know. And when they see glimpses of it, they start to wonder about us. What happened to you? You were just little old so-and-so, and now you're saying, thus says the Lord? You're talking about eternal things and the kingdom of God and all of this? Yes. This is what God does. He changes us. He saves us. He calls us and even moves us from one degree of glory to another to become more like Jesus. I make you as God. You are Adam. You're, you're a man of the flesh, but I make you as God before the Pharaoh. This is what he's used to. I give you divine authority. And Aaron, who will eventually be a Kohen, a priest, will become a Nabi or a prophet. Never again are they described this way 
in the rest of the book, but here God has something special for them. The deeper picture, I think, is obvious. This is what the Pharaoh was used to. Peter Enns explains, in Egyptian royal ideology, the Pharaoh was considered to be a divine being. So by calling Moses God, Yahweh is beating Pharaoh at his own game. It's not the king of Egypt who is God. Rather, it's the shepherd leader of slaves who is God, in quotes. And this Moses uh, God defeats Pharaoh in a manner that leaves no doubt as to the true nature and source of his power. God controls the elements, the bugs, the livestock, fire from heaven, the water of the sea, you name it. He even has authority over life and death. Moses is not simply like God, uh, the Pharaoh. He is truly God to Pharaoh in that God is acting through Moses, close quote. Moses was not divine, but perhaps he becomes a shadowy figure of one who would be the ultimate God-man, and that is Christ Jesus. You see, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth were realized through our Lord Jesus Christ. And from the lesser Moses to the greater Jesus, he is literally the God-man. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now you must speak to all that I command you, and your brother Aaron shall speak to Pharaoh, that he let the sons of Israel go out of his land. This is not where you belong. You are going to lead them out. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart that I may multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. Now, God's word certainly can have a double effect. Some people hear the word of God and it softens their hearts. And other people hear the word of God and it hardens their hearts. This idea of a hard heart speaks of that which is callous. It speaks of that which is stubborn. Pharaoh was already stubborn, Exodus 3.19. He won't let you go except by compulsion. This was a problem for Israel. Write down Deuteronomy 9.6. They had a hard, stubborn heart. The religious leaders of Jesus' day, Mark 3.5, Jesus looked around and was angry at their hardness of heart. And even in Mark 6.52, Mark says that the hearts of the disciples were hard. Even after the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 plus women and children, their hearts remained hard. And I think a good prayer for all of us is, oh Lord, soften this old hard heart. Because sometimes, even as a believer, our hearts can become callous and they can become hard and we don't want to We don't want to risk anything anymore. We don't want to open our heart to love again. Some of you have been so hurt, you're afraid to love again. You're afraid to risk again. Now, in Pharaoh's case, his heart was particularly important because the Egyptians believed that it was the all-controlling factor in both history and society, quoting from one commentator. It was further held that hearts of the gods Ra and Horus were sovereign over everything. Because Pharaoh was the incarnation of those two gods, his, his heart was thought to be sovereign over creation. And God's going to say, no, I'm going to deal with his heart to harden it. You could say in one sense, God gave Pharaoh over to the stubbornness of his heart. You can write down Romans 128, 121 through 28, where 
God gives people over. If they remain stubborn, at some point, he'll just give you over to your stubbornness. Okay, you want to go that way? Then go. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Listen to our podcast mini-series, A Step Closer. In these series, Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics we face in our life from a Christian perspective. So the point is, starting with Gurdjieff, they believe this is, this is the cosmos. Everything goes in here. If you can't put it in here, it doesn't belong. This tells you the meaning of the whole universe, not the Bible, not the Word of God, this stuff. Modern science has shown that worry and stress actually can shave away at the years right. of your life. You'll, you'll add some things, but they won't be the kind of value addeds that you want. No. Even if we threw out having to land on when does life begin, when a majority of those abortions happen, right, is in between generally six to 12 weeks. It has become traditional among many pagans to mark the four quarters of the Samhain circle with jack-o'-lanterns. But it might also be in keeping with the season to light one white candle in a jack-o'-lantern placed in the window or on a front porch to beckon the spirits. You can listen to A Step Closer on walkintruth.com or you can subscribe and follow Walk In Truth on your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. You could say in one sense God gave Pharaoh over to the stubbornness of his heart. You can write down Romans 128, 121 through 28, where God gives people over. If they remain stubborn, at some point, he'll just give you over to your stubbornness. Okay, you want to go that way? Then go. And when and not if Pharaoh will not listen to you, when he won't, because God knows the future, then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring out my host. That's, the again, the language of armies or tribes. My people, the sons of Israel, from the land of Egypt by great judgments. The word judgment, shafet, means also vindication. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the sons of Israel from their midst. And there were some from other nations and from Egypt who actually got behind the blood-stained door and decided to join Israel. Wouldn't you? How many plagues would you need to see until you finally said, okay, I think I'm going over to the other side. How many times would you have to see Pharaoh embarrassed until you said, you know what? I think team B is the option for me and for my family. And God says that part of the reasons for the plagues is that all Egypt will know that I am the Lord. God is not a localized God to Israel. He's the God of the heavens and the earth. Everything is his. And he says, I... When I do this, even Egypt will know that I am the Lord. Now, I want to just make this modern just for a second. This last year, we have had what we might describe as a plague, right? And we've seen the reaction of the world and the church to the plague. Let's put aside all the negative for a second. Let's turn to the positive. What have we watched many people do? Turn to the Lord. You see, this world belongs to him. 
He's in sovereign control over it. You don't have to live in fear. If you know him, you can trust him with everything. He wants you to be wise, but he doesn't want you living in fear. And as you step back and just look at our world, just look at our community for a second. Just look at your own life, people that you know at work, people that you know in your family. What's the response been to this last year? And is it sticking? (laughs) That's what I always wonder as a pastor. Okay, yeah, the people watching the live stream is through the roof. How long will that last? (laughs) Maybe I'm a bit of a pessimist. I think I'm more of a realist because I've watched it for several decades now. What's it going to take for us to finally realize we need the Lord? It's not about even all the little controversies that we could talk, talk about. It's about the fact that people know that there's a God in heaven and he desires and does reveal himself. And so Moses and Aaron did And this is the key. They did it as the Lord commanded them. Final verses. Thus they did. And one final reassurance for all of you. Moses was 80 years old. And Aaron 83 when they spoke to the Pharaoh. And all God's people said, wow. They qualified for every discount in town. Denny's, golf courses, you name it. They got the discount. And yet? They were the guys chosen to lead Israel out of Egypt. Some of you are barely getting to the golden years and you've already disqualified yourself. I'm not going to do anything anymore. Let the young whippersnappers go do it. What am I going to do? Walk in, let my people go. Maybe that's what Moses looked like. I don't know. That made him even more of a wonderful vessel of God because it wasn't about his power. It wasn't about that he was in the prime of his life. It wasn't about that he had all this prowess and speaking ability and strong. I know Charlton Heston looks good in the original movie. I'm with you. But he does get old, right? But he was glowing with the glory of God. And what do you think Moses learned after he stepped back? And imagine him writing this. He's writing it. Moses is our author. Oh, what a whiner I was. <laughs> yeah, third time I said, I, know, I can't talk. I'm afraid. <laughs> God delights to take the foolish things of the world <laughs> to confound the wise. Amen. He's so good. And I think once you realize your own deficiencies, that's a good place to begin. You qualify. (laughs) Father, thank you. Thank you for your living word there. We packed a lot into a message here, but uh, your word is alive and powerful and it has lessons for us. and, And I pray that those lessons, those realities would burn in our hearts, Lord. You use people like us, and you use so many in this room so tremendously, far beyond what we could ask or imagine. And some are just beginning to feel the tug. Some have experienced it. Some and others are just saying, Lord, would you show me my gifts and show me how you would use me? Thank you for the excitement that we sense in the body of Christ there are are certainly pockets of revival happening, even in 
some dark times, Lord, really. And that's really what you do, is you take sometimes the hardest of times to show us your glory and your grace. Sometimes that's what it takes to get our attention. So forgive us for being slow of heart to believe. Would you bolster the faith of the weak? Would you baptize us with a boldness from our Father, from the power of the Holy Spirit? Would you heal a room that I'm sure is filled with many inadequacies? I'll put that in quotes that we feel, Lord. Some of us have had many nights when we've reviewed our shortcomings and failures. But that doesn't disqualify us either. Thank you that you didn't give up on Moses or Peter or many more that we could talk about in church history. And thank you that he, here we are now, Lord, with the same God, the same call, the same one who says, I want to speak my message through you in your life. If you've not met him yet, this would be a great time to get to know him, to cry out to him and say, Lord, I want to know who you are. Be my God, be my king. I, I believe that Jesus came into this world and died on that cross, prayed if it's you. I believe that he defeated death just like he said. I believe there's a hope. And I want to know that. I want to know it for my own life. I want to share it with others. If you're a prodigal and you've been running from the Lord, maybe you feel like maybe that hard heart description is you. Well, the Lord can soften your heart in a, really in a moment. Maybe that's your prayer. Maybe, Lord, soften my heart towards you, towards your people again, even towards love. Maybe towards an enemy. And then, Father, for this wonderful congregation, all the different ministries and missionaries and things that are represented in this room, would you strengthen your people, increase our faith, strengthen our resolve, Help us to be filled with your love and truth this week. You've been listening to Divine Reassurance Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 6.10 through 7.7. And as always, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, if you're having a hard time and need someone to talk to, or maybe you don't even feel like talking, but you could use some prayer. We have pastors on staff that would love to do that with you. You can call Walk in Truth Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Hey, well, here's some encouragement in Exodus 7, verse 7. It says, now Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 when they spoke to the Pharaoh. Now, most of us don't think about getting our ministry going in our early 80s. Amen. <laughs> Some of us are like, no, 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 that that's golf course time, man. That's time to kick back and hand the baton. But, you know, Moses and Aaron were really just getting started in their ministry in their early 80s. Now that, you know, sometimes people, uh, maybe you're an older person listening right now and you're like, well, what do I have to offer? I'm, I'm past my prime. You know, I, I don't have much to give, but I'll tell you what, Moses and Aaron in their early eighties 
were confronting the Pharaoh and leading the people eventually out of Egypt. The Lord still has a ministry for you, my friend. You know, maybe you don't have the same um, strength that you had in previous years. Maybe you do. Maybe uh, things have shifted a little bit for you, but you can still be very effective in preaching the gospel of freedom to those who need to hear it. And your wisdom, my friend, my brother, my sister, your experience, your depth of knowledge um, is coveted. It's important. We have some amazing elders at a church that I pastor called Living Truth Christian Fellowship, and these guys have both godly wisdom, but they have years of wisdom under their belt. That's why part of the reason they're called elders. And uh, please don't give up on yourself. Hey, if we can encourage you in any way, it's 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. We have pastors here on staff who would be happy to pray with you. Maybe hear you out. Maybe uh, you know, give you some counsel if you need it. Eight four four forty eight truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance. We're going to get into Exodus uh, seven verse eight as we get into the staff and the serpent starting tomorrow. Hey, tell a friend about what you're hearing. Keep us in prayer. We'll see you right here. God bless. And don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station. Provide the podcast for free all to help more people like you dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month, or you can give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 7, 8 through 13, called The Staff and the Serpent. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.